0: Hello, beautiful people. It is Thursday, May 12th, 2022, and this sports show shall commence right
1: now. Yeah!
0: Can't thank you enough for joining us here on this glorious day. The weather has been nice in Indiana all week. We hope the same for wherever the hell you live. It is good vibes time. It great It is good vibes. feelings time. Yeah. You know, a little vitamin D coming from the sun. Mm-hmm. It's, <laughs> A little bit too hot, though. Huh? Oh, yeah. What yeah. the hot. fuck are we doing? If we could dial back this humidity a little bit, that'd be fantastic. But the vibes are high because it's very new, although we will be sick of it in a week. We are not there just yet, so let's enjoy it on this particular Thursday Stack show today. Listen, A.J. Hawk will join us in about an hour. That is per usual. Okay? And A.J. Mm-hmm. Hawk, most toxic human ever. Also college football national champion, Super Bowl champion, Ryder Cup champion, and COVID survivor. That's wow. Right. Joining us today... Third hour, yeah. General Bob Carpenter.
1: Oh, oh my oh, God. Oh.
0: NFL player, obviously Ohio State legend. He is a grown adult who had had a career in the NFL that was good, and he is still working out with the college football team, the Ohio State Buckeyes, every single morning. This man not only has that, he has a heating uh, HVAC yep. company he's uh-huh. launched, and he hosts the morning show every day in Columbus. And he saved football a couple years back. That's That's right. right. Which needs to be talked about as the Big Ten was withering away and saying they were not going to have a season. General Bob rallied the troops, boots on the ground, went to Chicago, picketed, stormed there. Territory. He did. Mm-hmm. And brought Big Ten football back later than everybody else, but still brought it back. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to chat with him. In the second hour, we'll have the pond for pond best fighter on earth, Kamar Usman. Wow. wow. Watch away, champ here will join us to chit chat about everything going on in the UFC, especially at that 170 pound uh, weight oh, class. Yeah. Yeah. Nathan Diaz is pissing on UFC's uh, actual campus. Lately. Yeah. They ain't going to fucking fire me so I can do this. <laughs> you other guys don't think about doing it. Michael Chandler's been chit-chatting. Obviously, Conor McGregor's getting back into the game. Dustin Poirier was chatted about, I guess, just the other day. I mean, 170 pounds seems to be d class where everything's going off. The champ of that will be joining us, talking about the fight game, his life, everything else he's got going on. Can't wait for that. In about 15 minutes, joining us, one of the trailblazers in this new voyage that is legalized sports gambling in the United States of America. He alongside Amy Howe, are running FanDuel to great heights oh, yeah. and great oh,
2: success. Yeah.
0: Now obviously they are our exclusive sports book. They do not have any ownership of this show, but I do have uh, great business relationships with them. Mm-hmm. We try to take every dollar they have. Right. They try to beat us for every dollar that we have. We have to negotiate games and promos. This is the man that we work with alongside. We are so thankful for him, excited for him to join us for the first time. Uh, big Mike Raffensberger. CMO of Fandle. Wow. wow! Hey, we got some suits coming in here. It's a big mm-hmm. fish. He's a good dude. Our relationship started terribly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Started terribly. Yeah, I recall. He did not know who I was. I was working with somebody else within FanDuel. He was working in there. Uh, He did not... I don't think we had ever met, actually, at that point. So the way he understood who I was and what we were was vastly different, I think, than how we would like to be viewed. So our relationship at the beginning, a bit rocky. Then... The person that we had dealt with at uh, Fandle leaves Fandle, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden there is now a who's going to end up running Fandle. This is a potential trillion-dollar business in the future with yeah. the way sports gambling is going. He and Amy Howe were the ones selected to basically direct and guide the ship. We have had incredible conversations. Obviously, the deal that we made with them was fantastic and helped our entire show and done our whole thing. And uh, I can't wait to chit-chat with them about the future of sports gambling, what Fandle has going on next. And a lot of shit that we don't know the answers. To, that literally, he's gonna be live well, on here. We let's get the answer. Yeah, be sounds and good. Why he, not? He is, you know, a person who runs Fandle, so uh, like, hey, let's get a deal some Yeah, show. yeah, can I get what a do thousand you dollars? Hey, wait, yeah, let's bet? Uh, <laughs> let's figure this out, let's get something <laughs> to happen. So that should be a Electrifying, I can't wait for that. I got a lot of questions. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Because there's a lot that I feel like an idiot asking him whenever we're on a Zoom call or on a, a call about something else that's potentially happening. But this entire sports gambling world, there's probably nobody that knows more mm-hmm. about the landscape and what the fuck's going on behind the scenes. Because I think Kansas just passed the guys. There we go. G- oh, so congrats to Kansas. Louisiana came on just a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would assume there's going to be more states. What does mm-hmm. he know? What about the process of getting mm-hmm. these states legalized? And how difficult is it Every single state. Like yeah. I, I think that is what people don't fully realize because we'll put out a boost or something that we feel good about. It might not be about the Pens for the rest of the season. Oh, oh no, no. no. No, no, no. You
3: guys are okay.
2: 3-2. Don't worry.
3: Got the lead. Kick that man out of the fucking
0: league. That was a cheap shot if I one. Dirty fucking hockey in the playoffs against the greatest of all time. Just accidentally placing your elbow right on a guy's fucking jaw. Yeah, that happens. That's unbelievable. Might as well just headhunted from the stands the way that guy hit the greatest of all time. If Sidney Crosby isn't playing, I don't feel good about anything.
4: <laughs> no. I don't think anyone
3: does, Pat. Where Unless was, you're a Rangers fan. Where was George LaRock at to enforce that? Yeah. Matter? Yeah,
0: can we get out, get somebody to throw some fucking hands with the guy? Make sure he feels worse than Sidney feels? What is the deal,
4: dude? Jacob Truba is a problem. He went out there. It was, what was it, 30 seconds, a minute into the game. He put his elbow right in the back of Gensel's head, drove what? him into the glass. Penn's got a score on that five-on-three power What is this? Gone. you got to score there. Who's
0: that defensive coordinator, Greg? Uh, Williams. I mean,
4: yeah.
1: Is
0: this what, cut the head off the snake like and the yeah.
1: rest yeah. of it will die? Uh, yeah. Is this a Gallant. bounty
0: gate going on? Troop is coming after Gensylvania, just scored seven it. goals in the playoff series, the greatest player of all time. He accidentally gets an elbow right to his head. This is Bounty Gate. I would like the NHL to pause the series yep. and investigate yes. STAT. That's what I would like to happen. They're paying for injuries over there in New York. Drew, yeah. Guys, fucking scumbags! This is
4: bullshit, Dad. Gerard Gallant, yeah. the Rangers' coach, did uh, call his team soft before uh, before the game, kind of tried to send a message yeah. to well, his boys, tough. and they answered by going out there and throwing some bows and shoulders. around. Oh, goon hockey! Where did
0: it go? Playing dirty. Now I do know that there's a lot of people on the internet, Rupp included, this mm-hmm. fucking guy. Rupp, What's Scott? His really? what, is, what is his problem? in, What is his? he's from Cleveland. That's yeah. his problem. Sure. So even though the Pittsburgh Penguins brought him a lot of happiness Makes and sense. money yeah. and life. Glad you're coming on the side. and everything. No, no, no. I'm saying <laughs> yeah. that's why he hates You it. said
3: it. I'm clipping it. I'm not, <laughs> no,
0: no, no. I'm not saying it as... A, I know, I am saying that's why he talks the way he talks about the Pittsburgh Penguins, it feels right. like. He wanted us to lose the series, wanted us to lose the opening game. Yeah. This penalty's not a penalty. Last night, he's like, that was a clean hit. Now, it might be because he was, you know, old school. Guy was a clanger and a banger, which, by the way, because he was from... Cleveland, Mm -hmm. he is a, you know, a physical specimen out there, an absolute ox. He said it was a clean hit. I want to let you know, if Sidney doesn't return this series, I will fucking walk and march my way right to NHL to let fucking old Rupper know and everybody else. You don't do that to Sidney Crosby. What about respect for the game? Okay, greatest player of all time has skates on. You're playing against him. You're welcome for skating on the same ice as that fucking no. guy. True. No need to do an illegal cheap shot to take him out. of This we are fucked if Sidney Crosby <laughs> is hurt. Well, Louis, you got a, the, the, the Ming. He's playing out of well, his he, mind. He's
3: actually ranked last, I think, in goaltending. In well, what? <laughs> what? No.
0: He's our fifth goalie, okay? King Ming is going to do
2: just Can't do fine. It all. No. No.
3: Listen, Tuba stinks as an instrument, too. It's the worst one. His name's Truba. Truba. There's an R in there. The R's the worst letter in the alphabet. I would say. Yeah.
4: Yeah. You. I don't think, I don't yeah, think it was dirty. Definitely. I don't think he intended to sit, hit Sid in the head, but he did hit Sid in the head.
0: Oh, he didn't mean to hit Genson. in the head? side are you he- on?
4: Whoa. Listen. I hey. just—it's tough. I got eyes. I call it like I see it. Uh,
0: <laughs> the Pens need to toughen up, is
4: what oh, Nick said. Wow, we've been talking about Coming it all you. year.
1: This
0: Penguins team has no fight. They want to get no physicality, and that's why they're gonna lose this series.
1: <laughs> I agree
4: you with you. Know
0: it, Pat. I agree Whoa. with everything Foxy <laughs> said way.
4: until the last part.
0: I will say, here's the deal. What's
1: wrong with hockey? Time? I do not.
0: <laughs> What's going on, in hockey? Time? You guys are fucking dead. <laughs> no, we're not. Please, we're going to seven. No, you're are not. Are you guys if going both to seven? In both sports, you're dead.
2: Hockey dad is
4: dead. We we need to talk about the day Boston had yesterday yeah. in all sports. How did yeah. Celtics
2: do yesterday? Oh. Uh, yeah. so that a melt? Oh, yeah. yeah it, was, it was an absolute melt job. <laughs> oh, you know yeah. what? Let's get back to the pens. It
0: feels <laughs> like we'll, we will we'll put finished. Listen, we'll put a little you know, a bow on the pens real quick. Okay. It was cheap shot. It was bullshit. I don't like it. Yeah. Now let's go to the Celtics.
2: No. Look at that. I mean, come on. He's giving him a rear elbow. A fucking chicken wing. <laughs> That's an Usman shot right it was, there. It
4: was a chicken wing. Sid, Sid's head was down, though. Is that Bob Backlund on ice? Well,
0: God. Sid's head was down because he knew where this guy's body was. He wasn't expecting a full elbow it's- reach. Look at that. Sid's doing a full... Parawet around that. Yeah. Yeah. 2022.
3: Scott Stevens is on the ice. He doesn't have to have his head up at all times. Was there a on. fight
0: after that hit? Did any of the Pens players defend? Yeah, did-
3: they throw down. I
0: was on that hockey talk. I wasn't watching
3: when it no, happened.
4: he got he got right back up in the moment. Like when it happened, <laughs> it didn't look. Oh, like Oh, so it's that just massive. a concussion. That's what everyone thinks. Just a concussion. Bad.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, with Sid. Sid's Sid's see you just a concussion
0: with Sid is bad news, no, man. What are you talking about? He's one of the toughest motherfuckers in the history of the yeah. game. Yeah. He's a
2: spinal concussion. Well, I mean, I feel like it all connects somewhere, somehow, and no no matter what, it's bad news. Yes, your body definitely connects <laughs> yeah. somewhere,
0: somewhere, in somewhere. your spine brain, especially. Hip yeah. Let's move along. If Sid's out, there will be no boost on the bench, <laughs> <Okay.
1: It's> concerning. <laughs> right. That
0: is not great news. Congrats to the Rangers. They're way to go. Extending yeah. it another game.
2: Maybe King Domingue to have 80 saves next game. Dude. Jari is back at practice, though. So. Oh! Yeah.
0: Jari's back. There's a lot of people back, and then Sid might be out, but yeah. which is bad. Yeah.
4: Back to the paint yeah. can. Got to close it out. Might yeah. as well
0: call us the fucking Red Wings if we don't cut Sidney Crosby. Was
4: Ricky Ricardo is <laughs>
2: coming back. He's the hell dude. Dick. Me or? Rackle.
0: No, the guy's name's Dick Rick. Oh, okay. But you He's a great that. hockey player, but you are as well. Let's talk about you and your evening last night because the Celtics completely melted. I saw the internet alive yeah. about the Celtics. I didn't see the game because I was watching what happened to uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. They were trying to end it, too. You could tell that the Pens were trying to end that right there. They looked mm-hmm. great right early. So, well, at the end, though, there was a lot of desperation. It felt like Tanger, Gino, Gents were all like, oh, okay, we end this right now. We get a little bit of a break here to hopefully get Sid back. This series is over. And it gets extended, and now worst nightmare. This might be a long series of the whole season. Yeah,
2: it's not good. Anyway, Celtics are dead. What happened? Uh, they're definitely not dead because they won in Milwaukee. But yeah, last night was the most devastating loss, I think, for many Celtics fans in the last 10 years, maybe. I actually felt Ooh. like how I feel when the Patriots lose and absolutely crushed. Uh, it was brutal. They melted. They were up 15 with 10 minutes to go. They looked great the entire game. And then Giannis said... I'm not even honest. I mean, they couldn't miss a shot, and then we couldn't get a goddamn defensive rebound. I think we'll be okay, and when I say that, I more so mean we're playing tomorrow night, and maybe we'll win. If we don't, then I will be crushed and sports are dead because the Bruins are also probably going to go to seven games, and that's going to be on Saturday, too. Yeah,
0: and that seventh game is in Carolina. Right? Exactly. And I think
2: There's no chance he no. wins. Yeah, yeah. No, I think the goal differential in Carolina is like plus 18 for Carolina. So Just in a series? Uh, in the whole year. In this series, I think it's like plus 15, though. So either <laughs>
0: way, it's pretty bad. They're a hell of a squad down there in Carolina. I had no idea about – I remember they were doing the bowling and yeah, the celebrations yeah, yeah. Yep, and sure. stuff. Fun mm-hmm. team. I didn't know about the – the fan base there. Man, Duhas? Twenty thousand at a hockey game That's is a lot. It's rocking. That is huge. Yeah. Old barn too, Rupper said it's loud in there. Yes. Right next to NC State's campus. I thought I just assumed it was in Charlotte. Wrong. They are not in Charlotte.
5: I didn't know that was right next to NC State's
0: campus. Raleigh or whatever. Uh, yeah. Thursday
3: night uh, football. We we drove by and I said I didn't know yeah. that until then.
0: That's a beautiful is that no, Winston Salem is no, Wake, Wake Forest. Forest. Wake Forest. Raleigh is NC State. Beautiful. That, yeah, and that, that was,
3: was one of the
5: best campuses we were on.
0: Very, very wow. nice. Yeah, well. I did not know that's where the fucking yeah. hurricanes are.
5: When they wear those black sweaters, too. Yeah. Them. Twenty thousand black sweaters in there.
4: Twenty thousand yeah. screaming. They treat yeah. it like a NASCAR race. Like the, people will be out there tailgating all day long. If it's a seven o'clock puck drop, they'll be out there tailgating at noon and they'll just it, right. booze and party up until game time. What
2: when's game seven? Game well, game six is tonight and we're we're gonna win that. So game seven is on Saturday. Probably a night game, maybe a day game, not too positive on the time.
0: I feel <laughs> like I'd like to experience the Carolina hurricane. Yeah.
2: Situation. No khakis in well, that crowd. When the Pens looking. play them next, series. I've been looking seriously because when you said that about the Rangers, I was like, oh, maybe, maybe with the, some of the Caniacs have khakis on. No, they're basically all doing like the kind of college like blackout thing. They wear the blackout jerseys. It sounds like they're getting blackout. I don't want to judge the
0: khakis, okay, but it is. I mean, when it, it was an alarming amount of khakis I saw in that Rangers opening yeah. uh, playoff game. I was like, oh, this is like a happy hour for mm-hmm. the suits. Almost came to this game, but. I've since been smartened up. Rupper told me, Rangers fans, blue. there's a blue-collar group of Rangers fans that are very loud. That Madison Square Garden has been very loud. And the kid last night flipping off yeah. Gensel. I'm like, all right, this kid has kind of saved all hope for me with the well, Rangers fans.
4: Well, those people clearly drove in from Jersey.
2: Out of town. Yeah, that guy on the right just screams Jersey. <laughs> this kid, though i fucking love him Uh this kid has no idea how much i appreciate
0: his existence i appreciate his decision to do this because there are so many people that are probably so mad at this kid for doing this and being way too young and being you know obnoxious and all the other things that are probably being said about this kid on a daily basis probably loud probably an active kid Mm -hmm. probably talks a lot of shit this kid yeah so he probably gets it a lot i want to let this kid know keep going yeah Keep doing it, yeah. yeah. hockey, Keep baby. doing it, man. Oh. That is what sports are supposed to be. Now, if your dad's mad about it, then you should obviously listen to your dad's instructions. But it seems uh, like your dad yeah. is the one that taught you yeah. to go ahead and do it. Actually, he deserves two of them, this yeah. fucking
5: guy. I wouldn't be surprised if his dad's letting him have a couple of sips with a nice cold one yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> throughout
0: the course of the game. All right. Hey, it's dad's son night. You yeah. know what that means? Yeah. Come on. A couple Bud Lights, little middle what? fingers. got to watch the boys play some <laughs> hockey. What a night. Good for him. Now, that is assuming uh, that that dad is also, feeding alcohol to his son that is flipping somebody off. Right. We would like to know that flipping somebody off as a child is not a gateway drug to being a booze hound. No, no, not at all. No, no. He's potentially just a shit talker, and we do appreciate <laughs> and respect that, but there is a chance that this kid has had some
2: booze. Well, and kids look younger these days. I'm not so sure that kid is 20 years old, maybe even 18. Okay. Just quick
4: glance at him. Ain't nothing wrong with sipper sip or two Grandpa's cough medicine. No. Yeah, you know? exactly. Sleep at night. It's Teacher, always there.
0: Unless it is a Sunday morning. And you're incredibly hungover, mm-hmm. and you did not know the parents of the house that you were incredibly sure. hungover in sure. were going to be home as early as they were on Sunday. Yeah, that's sure. fuel. And you did not clean a lot of stuff up, mm. and you're just a teenager or whatever. Booze bottles everywhere. Yeah. And the dad comes downstairs cool. and says, "Good see you. Hey, get energy, cause clean." And he does grunt. This mm-hmm. man. Sure. And he gives me a coffee. And I drink it, and there's whiskey and scotch inside of it. Oh. And I almost puke immediately. Mm-hmm. And he says, Does that taste good? Yeah. Well, that's the... A- Uh, bottom shelf shit that I got because you guys drank all my top shelf shit last night and it's a mess upstairs. Go clean my fucking house. (laughs) So it's not always good to have some of grandpa's cough medicine. But I'll tell you what, the night before when we had it, fantastic. It really went down a lot smoother on that Saturday night than it did on a Sunday morning. Absolute insanity. It's that CFO Phil, what a rager. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Joining us now is one of the, you know, men that is tasked with... Shaping what sports gambling is going to look like legally in America. He and Amy Howe have been a tag team for FanDuel as they have trotted up the mountaintop to success yeah. in the sports gambling world in the United States here early in its development. Uh, CMO of FanDuel, ladies and gentlemen, Big Mike Raffensperger!
1: Yeah, big big What's
0: up, dude?
6: good to be here thanks for having me
0: hey no problem thank you so much for coming you look incredibly handsome uh we saw a photo on the internet this is my first time meeting you in person i believe right no no no
6: no, that's not true you have (laughs) been to the new york office we've been but this is the first time i've been here and i've been to the studio and i've been able to spend time with you guys this morning which has been
0: fun we are very thankful you came out here and we're very thankful for our relationship with Fanduel. obviously i think it's the reason why it's good is because we are still trying to beat you like, we are a different entity than you guys are, mm-hmm. but we get along well. And a lot of that is because of how you've handled the relationship. So I'd like to compliment you here early on how you've done it. Now, going forward, it seems like this is a very difficult challenge. A lot of people are trying to get in the sports gambling world. Why do you think FanDuel has had some success here early as everybody is kind of diving into this? Was, there's was like 40 of them at one point. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. there was like 24-7, bad this, 20s. MGM this, Lion yeah, that, Caesar. A, they, like everybody was in it. Why why do you think FanDuel has had success earlier here and is every day like stressful as hell for you?
6: Uh, look man, I wake up every day and I work at the intersection of sports games and gambling. My life is pretty good. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, stressful. yeah, there are stressful days, but like I'm a fortunate guy. Thank you for the kind words. You know, why do I think FanDuel is the number one sports book in America? Not by a little, by a lot, We're about 50% bigger than the ooh. next closest guy. Ooh, in ooh, Good for you guys. Uh, You know, look, I think it starts with we have the best product. Like, we do. Like, it is consistently rated number one. It's the number one in the app store. And that's both, like, the grace notes of the user experience where you're actually just going into the app and finding a bet that you like. And also feature differentiation where we've had same-game parlays and we keep building on that feature that people really like. Um, It just is consistently the biggest breadth of things that you can bet on. It's the easiest way to bet and we have innovation on things like Spread the Love, which is actually something we developed in partnership with you, which would be the second reason I'd really say FanDuel has emerged uh, as the leader is I think we've formed really smart partnerships, you being our most important. Um, and it's been a great thing that we've done you know, together with you and the guys where, and to your point, like we don't own the show, You, we're, we're separate entities, but we're business partners. Yes. And I have had many times, we talk literally multiple times a week, where you have suggested bets or odds or features or things spread the love was the thing we developed together where the more people bet on a market the bigger the spread got and it essentially turned to free money it was started like, as team betting i wanted to do betting. team
0: betting i was like how do we do team betting and how we do we make it even better
6: company in america to do crowdsource betting that's what i call it when i talk about it Ooh. like it's awesome and you have made our product better and in a humble way i hope we've made the show better where we help create content and make odds and be able to talk about things and give you guys a richness to talk about that's one example, but we've also done things with Charles Barkley and the TNT Studio Gang on NBA programming. I think it's the best sportsbook integration in live sports anywhere. I'm really proud of the work that. we Well, Chuck
0: done. is actually a good gambler. Yeah. Chuck, yeah. A good yeah.
6: Chuck has been known to place a couple sports bets. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He enjoys our. He is
0: a gambler. He's He's g- yeah, g- yeah. G- yeah. G- g- yeah. good gambler. So that that helps it make sense. I think that's why it works with us so uh, so good, but like whenever we send something or an idea to you, and we work with a lot of companies, and when we try to send an idea to them for something like, hey, this would be a cool special if we could do this or pull this offer deal, you guys seem to be much more open to it. But we have gotten to experience uh, a lot more than other everybody else like the regulators in the legalized world because back in the day whenever it was offshore and everybody had a bookie maybe or they're working something you could place bets on Gatorade shots with people you could place bets on I remember we were doing at one point a bowling I went bowling yeah, yeah. and uh, people were able to bet on if I would score a, above 130 or below 130 Got like 171 or something. Yeah, not bad. Best round I've ever rolled in my entire life was was for that one. But with the regulations, and with there really being no blueprint for this entire thing, how much of it is like dealing with the regulators? And how much of it is dealing with like new states coming in as opposed to just the fun that is sports gaming? Because for us, we just pitch like, hey, I think we should maybe boost Sidney Crosby scoring (laughs) and the Pens winning, that'd be fun. You're like, "Uh, we can make that happen, yeah. I just got off the phone with a fucking senator from Kansas. Okay, we we're also trying to get in there. How much of that type of stuff do you guys have to think about on day to day? And what is it like working in a world with no blueprint? Like there is, you have no idea what the next state could be. You have no idea what the next regulations could be. New York, different than Indiana on the regulations. New Jersey, different than every other state. Like how much is it like dealing with the every single day of the, everything being brand new all the time, which is what the sports gambling world is.
6: So, look, on the regulatory front, it's a lot. I would say, you know, FanDuel is at the forefront of bringing legalized gambling to states all over the country. Um, I am really proud of what we've done. We actually just led an initiative in California, which will be by far the biggest sports betting market in the United States. It's going to come? Uh, Well... We just led the effort to get the signatures required to put it on the ballot in this November. Hey, congrats. Wow. Here we go. Votes. Signatures, boots on a grind. Anybody, right. anybody listening in California, you will have a chance to vote directly on legalized online sports betting you know, coming to California. Get out and vote. Let's and get out and, and vote. Yeah, Go vote. vote. Register to vote. <laughs> Every one of those processes is different, <laughs> and the way New York came online was different than Indiana, was different than Colorado, was different than Pennsylvania, and to your point, Every state is a little bit nuanced in the way they put those rules together and what kinds of bets you can take, the manner with which you do. And so it's complicated. Um, And that's both complicated from working with the regulators and working with the lawmakers, and the tech is also complicated too because you have to get that right and you can't screw it up. But the more interesting side of your question, what's it like working in a blue sky industry? It kicks ass. Like, it's amazing. Like, I mean, this is since the repeal of prohibition, maybe cannabis a little bit. Like, there just aren't really good parallels to a market that is vast. People were sports betting America before legalized sports betting. It's just now they're doing it in a protected and innovative and fun way. Um and to be turning that into a white market for the first time is is a super privilege. I feel thrilled to be at FanDuel. I feel thrilled with the success that we've had and it keeps it interesting, that's to be sure.
0: Yeah, it's going to be fun, too, to see like what you guys end up doing, what you choose not to do, because history will judge it back, right? Oh, like yeah. Looking back, that'll be the thing, because this is going to last forever. Just like you said, people have been doing it forever, and every single time a government, it feels like, or a state gets a chance to see the benefits financially of legalizing it, I think that's only going to spread and grow. And what you just said about it being safe, and I think that is... Um, good comparison to the cannabis industry like the states where the scientists are growing the weed and the sales are being regulated and there's like security there is so much safer than when people are just going into buy maybe some grass somewhere mm-hmm. with no security at all. It's like sports gambling has gotten a lot better in my eyes when it's gotten legalized. You know you're going to get paid yep. you know that the bets are going to be like looked at and offered. It's like it's a beautiful thing and also You guys being big entities, like you can boost odds that we would never been able to get from. It's just, it's an incredible
6: thing. It's above board, you're gonna get your money. We take things like responsible gambling seriously and it's more fun. Our product is way better. The way the betting is is more entertaining. It's more fun.
5: Well,
0: speaking of, because you guys have to save people from themselves. Like, that is something that has to happen. You talk about responsible gaming. Like, that's a big initiative by all the governments, I believe, right? All the states, basically, whenever you're talking to them, like, we don't want people to turn into things. So when people are losing too much, shutting down the account actually happens. Keeping people within their bet limits is a very real thing. I'm allowed to bet on things higher than Connor is able yeah. to bet on things because my normal bet amount, what's in my account, what I normally do, you can't just one day make a, oh, I wanna make a $30,000 bet and lose everything. It's like, well, you can't do that. Like that is not something you can do. People get pissed off about that because they can't win as much, but also it's to keep people- It's the
6: right thing to do. It's yeah. the way runner business. I will say, I did pull, and yes, you guys have different amounts that you bet, but obviously, You guys are trying to win off us all the time. Mm -hmm. You are also some of our best customers. I did pull all of your accounts before I came on the show.
0: Who's won the most?
6: Do you want to know who's the sharpest gambler?
5: Yeah. It's Ty.
6: Wow.
5: Wow. Let's go! Baseball season a couple years back. (laughs) Let's go!
2: (laughs) Who's the worst?
6: might be me. It's probably me. Yeah, it's not Pat. It's definitely it's me. It's
3: gotta be me. It's Connor. Yeah!
5: yeah! yeah!
3: yeah it's Connor. You're,
6: too loyal. You're too loyal to Boston, man. It's Bro. You gotta, you gotta spread matter. it around. You gotta spread it around. I'm gonna let you
0: know. I've been experiencing. I assume Fox is the second worst. Fox is the second worst? Zito. Oh, oh no. bears bears last year got me. So I have. We need a lo- full
1: ranking. <laughs> I, 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 I
0: haven't rode alongside Zito, but I have rode alongside Connor mm. during his terrible times, yeah. and Foxy during his terrible times. Seems like you guys dragged me down into this, but I want to let you know your next bet, your best bet. Yeah, right? yeah I like betting plus twenty five
3: thousand hey, bets. Hey,
0: Sue me. Speaking of bet, uh, you I think right now for the next fifty six minutes at Fanduel right now because old Big Raph. They're giving away a free bet right now, right?
6: Yeah, look, I wanted to celebrate coming down to see you guys. and so yeah, for the next hour, literally anybody log into the sports book will have a claim game uh, that you go in and it's a free bet. Everybody can get it for the next hour until 1:30 Eastern Standard.
0: Now the free bet will obviously change with what your normal betting yep. habit is.
6: It'll be, so, depending on who you are, it could be five bucks, could be up to 100 bucks.
0: Thank you, wow. Raf. Thank
6: you, Raf. Thank you, You got
0: 55 minutes to do this. Make sure you get in there, get yeah. a free bet from Big Raph. That is awesome you came through here. We did not know that was uh, going to take place until this morning, so that's fantastic. Your people made a great graphic, too. Look at that. Made me look handsome. Love that. Wow. <laughs> Shout out to you, Raph. You're the best. Let's keep, uh, let's keep it moving here. So whenever we do that Super Bowl and we have that same game
6: parlay uh-huh. Uh-huh. and there's like
0: 200 and whatever thousand people riding alongside of us, you guys, at every, every single department at FanDuel goes, all right, if this hits, we're fucked. Like, if this one hits, we're in trouble for that. Is that something that happens? And it's-
6: uh, 100%. Okay, good. I shit you not. So I was at the, the game. We were in a suite with a lot of the executives at, at FanDuel, and you had over 200,000 people riding on your same-game parlay with mm-hmm. the Super Bowl. If And it was three yards away from Burrow. I think it was going to be three yards. It was away. And we were getting down to the wire. We are very confident in the global history of gambling. There has never been a bigger liability on a parlay bet than there was in the Super Bowl. We would have lost nearly $50 million Jesus. on one bet. Oh! <laughs> How good of a... Is Holy that, that would shit. be a world record then, right? yeah. If yeah. we would have hit
0: that, that would have been a world record. Yeah. So Joe Burrow... Instead of throwing that ball in that last play where Aaron Donald mm-hmm. is out if Aaron Donald literally just shoves him and Joe Burrow is able to keep his balance and pick up first down and get out of bounds there or something like that.
6: Yeah it would it would like literally we were sweating it and it was the last few plates of the game yeah. we're in that suite we're dying oh
0: we're dying. we were
6: too You
1: yeah,
0: yeah we were we were dying as that well was, we were hoping to hit that it is so whenever you guys kind of have a good handle on who where the handle is you guys have a pretty good feel every single night every single day is that okay. something that's conscientious like hey this is doing well this is not doing well okay. this feels like teams that they're betting on NFL's best sport by far what's the next sport
6: Uh, So we will never acquire more customers. So people coming in to try sports betting for the first time, NFL is the biggest sport. Actually, more money happens on the NBA. Because
0: it's more games, more more
6: action? More inventory people are bored yeah well there's just there's a lot more games to bet on relative than the nba nfl
0: how do you guys do in the nba you guys feel like you do pretty well in that or is there there sometimes where you guys are down sometimes you guys are like how often does the house does the house always win you guys always no, beat we, us?
6: i have days where i look at that every morning i get a flash report how the business do yesterday and there are days where our business loses money we need that to happen more often yeah,
5: yeah. i'll stop at it yeah
6: yeah.
5: Thank
0: you, Connor. No, no problem. Thank you no for problem. your service. I'll stop. <laughs> Zito, you too. Mm-hmm. More ties, less Connors and Zitos. Um, as you project, like how many states is it legal in right now? Online sports gambling? Fifteen. Fifteen.
6: Yeah. Jeez.
0: How many to get to fifty? Will it ever get to fifty?
6: I don't think it'll ever get to fifty. Like you have states like Utah, like it's literally the state constitution, like outlaws gambling. Like you won't get there, but you will absolutely have a majority in the United States. You know, California coming online is a huge chunk obviously of the population, and so I think you'll see a, a continued steady pace for the next few years and then you'll get to a close to a critical mass, but my hunch would be no, you won't get to all 50.
0: You think COVID expedited everything because people are using their phones for everything? I mean, they're ordering groceries, they're ordering food on their Mm -hmm. phone, the natural gambling on your phone, whenever things came back to gamble upon, it almost like changed people's habits. I feel like that helped out a lot. Not that COVID's good, not saying COVID is good. COVID is
7: terrible. Mm -hmm.
0: COVID's an asshole that we fucking beat finally. Hell yeah. 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 Lost a lot of great people out there. Did Mm. not like it. Do not like it. We'll look back on it as a terrible time in the history. But I do believe it changed people's patterns and trends of what they did on a daily basis. Everything's done on your phone now. It feels like that only helped online sports gambling or...
6: Yeah, I think from twofold. From what you're talking about, which is just consumers more and more being at home, using their phone, doing things online... I'd also just say, honestly, from like a state municipal budgets, like they needed tax revenue. And like, (laughs) this is a very interesting new source of tax revenue when the economy was shut down. So both of those things really helped. But, and we talk about this in the lawmaking process, this is really common sense legislation. Like everybody pretty much wants it to happen. It is a much, it's taking a black market that is unregulated and unsafe into a safe and regulated environment and creates new tax revenue for the state. It is, it's very common sense. Is that situation. the
0: pitch right there? And are you a part of the pitch or who does the pitch? You have to have each individual people in states or what?
6: I don't run. So uh, one of uh, my partners, Christian Ganetsky, that runs a lot of our business relationships and our legal department, he has really orchestrated, I think literally one of the best, you know, uh, lobbying and lawmaking partnership organizations on a state by state basis in the country. Um, oh, I'd and say we I'd run see. that across all the states.
0: Yeah, and it's not just getting them legalized in the states. It's the, and you said it earlier, but I would like to harp on it because we get a lot of tweets about this where, like, one of our booths won't be available in New Jersey or it won't be available in New York or whatever. It literally varies state to state on what's allowed and what's not allowed. Yeah. Normally, the newer states, if I'm not mistaken, just from our experience here, they're a little bit harsher early, and then they kind of, I think, get sick to having to answer every single boost question. They kind of open it up a little bit. So it's it's almost feels like every state's a little tighter at the beginning. And then they loosen up. Is that an accurate read on it? Yeah,
6: I think that's generally true. I think it tends to be a little bit more restrictive, and then over time, as the state gets comfortable, we build a good relationship with our regulating partners, which is really important for us. And they see that, you know, this is it's making a lot of sense, or people are enjoying it. Yeah, it does tend to um, open up a bit more so over time. But yeah, there's always some. Peccadillo, uh, where one state does it one way and slightly different another, which makes the kinds of things that we want to do together a little bit more challenging. But yeah, it's, it's awesome because
0: it's, I'll, I'll pitch something and they'll come back, he'll come back. We can't do it in these three states. And my first reaction was, well, well, that's fucking on them. Like, yeah. all right, that's on those states. Let's do it for everybody else. And then Raph's like, yeah, but we're going to yeah. piss off our customers in those states pretty bad. Like, And I was like, well, I guess we're going to piss off our fans in those states as well. But can't we just tell them, like, hey, this isn't us? Like, this is. It's not our fault you can't come to the party. Like these are, there's regulators that are in there. I think that is a tough thing for people to really understand.
6: I mean, people don't care. Like the re like people care, what did you say? What did I say? And what am I getting in the app? And like, at the end of the day, like we got to own what that customer experience is. And it's our job, FanDuel's job, to work through those regulatory challenges to make it as easy on customers as possible. And that is why people like FanDuel, because we do things like that all the time. It is really important to me that our offers, our odds boosts, our partnerships, are as user friendly as possible because that's part of the secret sauce of why we're winning.
0: That's a big. The customer experience, I think, is the biggest difference. I mean, it's so easy. Yeah. Everything is just right there, and it's only gotten better and better as the days have gone on. How do you guys not rest on your laurels? You said you got a fifty percent stake in uh, uh, over at first place or whatever. Yeah. Still driving over there? How huh? motivated culture? You know that there's a lot of shit still to do over there.
6: There's a ton. We are still in the very early innings of league sports betting, and by the way, sports betting is just one of a number of businesses we're in. We're I'm almost- gonna let you
0: know. I do not know hey. you guys are in first place by fifty percent. Your anxiety on some things needs to stop.
6: <laughs> I, I, hey, I, I did not know you. You were. are a former professional athlete. Any given Sunday, oh, yeah. and that's how I feel. That is literally how you act mm, on that is everything. That's literally
0: how I feel. Yeah, everything. It's like, I'll say something. I'm like, "All right, let's go. Let's fucking go take it over." Well, that's not necessarily the case. You know, previous performance does not indicate anything in the future. But I feel like we got a pretty good, pretty good grasp. I'm like, "Fucking wrath. Let's go. <laughs> we're gonna do it or whatever." That's you. I feel like you and Amy are the perfect people for this right now. Because you do have that, I don't want to say anxiety is a bad thing, but you do have that like- a atten- Healthy
6: paranoia. Yeah, it's like every it. single Healthy day. Paranoia.
0: It's like, oh fuck, well, if we don't do that, we're gonna do that. Because it is a very competitive market right now, right? It feels like
6: it. It's, I think, one of the most competitive industries in the United States, literally. Um, and we gotta go earn it every day. And by the way, every time we launch a new state, we start at zero. Yeah. We gotta go win every time. So that's part of it too. You
0: guys are winning, man.
6: Yeah. We're lucky geez. to be a
0: part of the ride. And we're also lucky, I guess, to just lose all the fucking... Did you hear that? Yeah, I did, but I That's mean... I am the person that runs the app. <laughs> I look, I <laughs> I look at,
2: uh, you're a bod-gombler.
1: Yeah, I've been a bod-gombler,
2: bod but I love FanDuel. I like giving back to the people oh, that yeah. support us. You know, yeah. assume me about that, too. They are very nice. You guys have
0: been very incredible to us. You always have been open. And even, uh, you know, there's a lot of people in there. I don't know whose names I should let out or shouldn't let out. But Peck and John, you know, that entire operation yeah. over there. I love... Like, there was a call, what, two weeks ago? You're fucking us. I'm like, literally, hey, you're fucking us, back You're fucking. I saw him, like, genuinely feel bad almost about it. And then I know he gets off the call and he's like, hey, we're beating them bad. They're getting upset over there <laughs> it's, it's a lot of good folks in there, man. It really does feel like a cool group of people, which I think is even better than the fact that you guys are doing well. It's like, all right, there's some good people running that shit as well, which I think is what we appreciate. Go ahead, Tone. Raph,
3: I got a few things that I hear all the time about tech for the app. Can I ask you about that? Hey, light on me. Okay. Um, is there any way, like, when we, Place a bet. Um, like if you're like if you are following a game in the ESPN app, you get like score updates. So if you place a bet on a game, score updates. Is yep. there any chance for that?
6: Uh, is there? Any, I know you guys did. Oh, well, like and a, there
3: are some of them that you have. There? Yeah, we have
6: that. We have. We'll have score updates, and we'll also have like if you have a set of prop bets, we'll mm-hmm. actually track those props live in your account, so you can follow them along. But there's more on the front. I think we can do, Tone. We talk a lot about the app switching experience. Where right now let's say you're on the FanDuel app and you wanna to go to a certain box score and you gotta to flip to ESPN or Yahoo yeah. or somewhere else and you gotta go back, we should make that simpler. Let's just say that's on. But awesome. that's a lot of tech, right? That's, that's a lot of tech. I think we have by far the best in the industry of being with the false scores and how your bets are tracking, particularly if you do like a parlay mm-hmm. in each leg, how it's coming along. Oh yeah, we're at we that, the, yeah. yeah, it's fun. We had three checks. Yeah. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. oh, But we yeah. can be doing more, so I appreciate that.
3: Um, and then you guys did like a Spotify year end thing, which was really cool for yeah. that. Um, is there any way, like, that record tracking will ever be, with like, in your account? I know you can see, like, how much you've won money-wise
6: lifetime, but ever, like, record-wise or parlays, teasers, stuff like that. I think we want to do, so I was blown away at how popular that year-end was. Like, oh, yeah. oh was awesome. Awesome. It, it was probably our single most engaged CRM campaign. And, by the way, I give out free money in our emails <laughs> a lot. Like, and it was one of the most engaged things we've ever done just because people are really interested yeah. in it. And we talk a lot about like personalizing the app. I don't think we've made as much progress on that front as, as I'd like to. And so showing you a little bit more information about the way you've played, being able to suggest things that you might not yeah. otherwise be seeing, like a lot of that isn't our thinking. Well, well figure it ready. out, Raph. Yeah. 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 It's complicated, Pat. It takes a minute.
0: I know, I got a wireframe of an app I built 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't even imagine the amount. Plus the security in there, yeah. Because the, the the amount of coding almost it has to take place for everything that's added in there. I forget what I pitched you guys one time. Can we get that up by like four o'clock today or whatever? <laughs> well, maybe the next time. <laughs> now we currently have to build that entire thing. It might take us a little bit. We we will stop everything else we were doing. We will try to build it, but it is the 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 depth of the app just the ability and the amount of bets, like having that many bets, and I don't go anywhere else, so I don't know if that's the case. It feels like you guys have mo- more ways to win was your kind of thing. But right now, method of score, mm-hmm. method of first score, yeah. there's like some plus 15,000 odds right now that you guys can just take at any given moment that is very easy to find as well. It, how much of that is goes into the thought process of design and how much of that is in the thought like, hey, we should have bets for everything that we can potentially get regulated to have bets
6: on. So it's something we're very proud of. We offer, we call them markets, things you can bet on. There are more markets you can bet on FanDuel than any other legal sports book in the United States. It's a huge part of the design philosophy. And people don't know this, part of that reason is, we have our own risk in trading. It's a global practice. We're part of a bigger international company called Flutter, and those are the guys you mentioned. John Sheeran, who was on the show, I think yep. a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago, he apologized to Megan, uh, talked, speaking Yale of tone, I thought it was really inappropriate. Uh, we disciplined him afterwards. No, 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 no. Yeah, he, he should have should been, been, <laughs> uh, been promoted. Uh, he should have uh, been promoted.
0: Uh, uh, right. more, but he did give away a bet. That loss,
6: Yeah,
2: it
0: did. It sure did. So that was more disrespectful. Company it, man. Yeah, what he did the next day was more disrespectful yeah. than what he said
1: Anyways. Mistakes. Anyways,
6: John Sheeran, Pack, the guy that we talk about a lot. They're part of an organization called Risk and Trading. There are literally hundreds and hundreds of people who are the ones who are the first to set lines in markets. We, we are proprietary. We own those people. We employ those people. Other companies, almost universally, essentially go through a third party. So their odds are all a version of the same thing. And they're not able to be as expansive with markets and do things that we can. And so that's a huge part of the way that we So hiring,
0: Because I think the way John talked about it is we have a talented this team that is setting the market in basketball or whatever. I just assumed it was all computers that were setting the markets.
6: So there's an algorithm that sort of like will set the initial. Sort of a point, but then there are what we call literal traders, and it's kind of like Wall Street trading. There's a floor of people that look at the news and watch games, and they'll look. One of the things we'll take in is if there's like a few really, really, really sharp betters on our platform, and they start doing things, we'll take a look at him. Yeah, if Ty does something, maybe he's <laughs> in the list now. Uh, and so, like, they're literally—it's a term of art—they'll nudge what they call it nudge the line where it might go a little bit this way or a little bit that way versus what the computer said we should do
0: ah so there's Mm. a human element that we're trying to beat in there Mm. john and his Mm. team good to know yeah they're all on the floor out there just yelling out things
5: yeah uh sharp tie (laughs) yeah ref uh you guys have the sports book in the suns arena and then i believe the yankees are now like an official partner how close are we to like you being able to go to yankee stadium and having like the tech and being able to just put bets in Kentucky there Derby
1: yeah exactly yeah, yeah.
5: and uh is like is it the type of thing where in a couple of years like every sports team will have an exclusive partnership with one sports book or another and what
0: does
6: that mean what does that mean yeah. Look, I would say two separate questions. Most sports team will have a sports betting relationship. We're really proud of the set of relationships we have with everybody from yes, the Yankees to the Colts cult, to uh, Bills now, the Bills. Yes, thank Sons. you. The Suns. It, it kind of the list goes on down. The Bulls, the Blackhawks. Um, that is mostly a promotional marketing relationship where we get to use their IP and our creative, our advertising. We market to their database. On the retail sports book question, that gets back to the regulatory conversation we had. That's broadly dictated by the laws and the regulation. You're either allowed to take a physical sports bet um, in a a sports facility or you're not. Most of the time and in most of the laws, you need to already have been a gambling establishment, either a racetrack or a casino, to have a physical book. There have been a few places where- That's why Derby's the Derby. Yeah. Yeah. There have been a few places where they're starting to open up interest in having a retail book, which we think is really exciting. Phoenix Suns being one of the most premium luxury experiences that we have, um, and we're really excited to do that in the Footprint Arena. I do think over time you'll see more of that, but there's 90% of all the bets we take are online, so at the end of the day, like the business really is on your phone, and even if you're sitting in a stand and you've got this in your pocket, you can place a bet there, so it's a pretty good experience. What I get interested in is beyond a physical teller and being placing a bet, what is a super premium or luxury experience that would make being a sports book? Different from what you have in your mind of like a Vegas sports book, but being at a retail stadium, what is something really unique in that space that we can create? It's another thing that we're trying to kind of work through. But my sense is it'll that'll be slower than the rollout of online gambling at large. We'll be putting physical books in, in retail arenas. Are you giving out free
0: bets in these stadiums that you guys are the official sponsors of with a QR code for them to download the app and just get into a free bet because they're there?
6: Yeah, we do all kinds of things with um, our, our stadium partners. Some of that is giving out free bets. We've done things physically uh, around um, uh, that kind of moment of entry when you give your ticket and you get something up, upon entry. So we do a lot of different
0: things. Yeah, because baseball, I think, as somebody that's not the biggest fan of baseball, one of my favorite things to do is bet whether or not the ball is going to end up in the dirt or the grass at the end of the inning <laughs> yeah and then you know mm-hmm. as the game continues to go on you start thinking to yourself all right i'll bet you uh two bucks is a strike no this mm-hmm. is a ball and then you start betting on like the individual things it feels like that makes the game a lot better in person is that ever going to be able to go to a bigger scale is that already happening that i don't know about
6: i think it starts to happen one of my favorite experiences of what you're talking about is in golf Closest yes. to the pin. Yes. There is nothing better than sitting at a green and, like, each group of golfers that's coming up and you can bet closest to the pin. That's a really fun experience. Is, I think it's doing that live is one of the better betting experiences that I had.
0: You guys so, have that already or no? You're talking yeah, about inhuman.
6: Yeah, no, we have that. We have that. We offer that.
0: Okay. Byron Are you serious? Nelson, yeah, weekend. yeah, yeah.
6: No, we've taken bets. Up all, all, this has been for years um, in golf. Um, it's one of the best, I think, live bets that you can make.
0: So I can follow along this weekend with the Byron Nelson, AT&T Byron Nelson down in Dallas. And when our guy, Justin Thomas, mm-hmm. is close, we can go closest to the pin on a par three or from uh, the I don't want to tell you way. lies.
6: I don't know if it's every single tournament event, but I know uh, okay. the marketing. You have the availability. Okay, okay. Do. Yeah.
0: okay so go ahead,
6: Well, uh, Just on the live
3: betting thing, like, do you guys talk about or how much of a conversation is like now that a lot of people are going from cable yeah. to streaming platforms, we're like 30, 40 seconds behind yeah. on live
6: betting. Like, What's the conversation around that? Yeah, we talk about it all the time. Okay, um, I think that look, there, there's an obvious shift from. Yeah, because
0: I'm on Hulu. And it, yeah, it,
6: we'll you guys are changing at odds, right. I'm like, whoa, something must have happened. <laughs> something must have happened. It, it's every single league.
0: That's impossible to keep up with, I guess, for you guys.
6: Every single. Hey, league. Hey, figure
0: it out. <laughs> hey,
6: I'm trying, man. There's a lot going on. Every single league is aware of this, and obviously, I you know, the two probably most disruptive forces in sports right now are gaming and the move from linear to digital eyeballs in terms of viewership. Like, it's a it's a given. And so the latency issue when it comes to gaming is, is, is something that we need to figure out. That is, again, all I know, all of our... We're partners hugely with the NBA, the NFL, the MLB, the NHL. All of them, I think they're aware of this and figuring it out with their broadcasting partners. And as more and more people move to things like Hulu and yeah. other OTT and digital solutions, it'll be a part of what will be very important to get right.
0: My wife loves the live better. Like, she is... My wife is one of the biggest sports games. I assume if you looked up her account, it'd be pretty active. She does like two $5 bets or whatever.
6: Uh, I've Sam's account. She's in the middle of the pack. She's pretty good. She's pretty sharp.
0: But she knows nothing about the sports that we're watching. She just wants to bet on it so she has something to do because she's forced to watch these sports, basically, because I have to. But she's a football fan, but NBA, not so much. If I turn on the NHL, she is a Pens fan all of a sudden out of this, but it has made that experience. I feel like that is a market that should be tapped into, I think, honestly. Yeah, like the significant others of people Mm -hmm. that have been forced to watch sports or whatever. It's like, hey, it is now a scratch-off event for you. You could potentially
6: make money. This is something we talk a lot about in the building. I'll give you two points of interest. Sports fandom is not gendered. Broadly, about 50-50. Maybe a little, depending on the sport, a little more, a little less, but it's probably about 50-50. Gambling is also about 50-50. Sports betting has not followed that trajectory historically, but we are seeing some of those shifts. And I think there's a huge market in women that love sports or their partners really love sports and it's a fun hobby. It's maybe not something they have the same history with where I think guys have typically had either an offshore account or a bookie or what have you that's been more culturally I think something that men did. But women are very interested in sports betting and you would be surprised, the percentage of women that we sign up as kind of new customers is meaningfully high. Yes. on well, the sports book.
0: My uh, wife tries to tell all of her friends like, hey, you're gonna go to the Colts game this weekend just because it's something to do. Like you might as well put like 25 bucks on it so yeah. you actually are invested a little bit while you're boozing, you yeah. might win in this entire thing. It's, it's just, fun. it is, it's very funny. My wife, she, she won't tell me her bets sometimes. Like, I'm like, what is your deal? Like, well, when I tell you I lose, I'm like, oh, you're like getting into this. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, and then if I say something, she'll like take it into account. She's like, but you've been losing lately, right? Like, I'm like, oh. Okay, so you're really mm-hmm. now you're becoming like a full-time gambler. It's a it's a fantastic thing. I think what our relationship has brought us, we cannot thank you enough for. I mean, it has been fantastic. We're about to go off the air here on Sirius, but the conversation will continue on YouTube. Uh, you guys have been very nice to us. Yeah. Now, granted, we did have like two hundred some thousand people. Down yeah, or something. yeah, yeah. You know, nice. and, and uh, you know, I feel like uh, we have. Donate a lot of money through Connor and Zero's accounts, (laughs) Uh, but it it is—it's been a perfect relationship for us. Honestly, it truly has been.
6: Well, look, the feelings completely mutual. You guys are one just a lot of fun to work with but again like I said before it's a real partnership and I feel like we make each other better so I'm super appreciative of it
0: yeah and I I would never want to have to deal with any of the shit that you have to do oh, God. you know
6: like I, so it's like a
0: perfect thing like hey do you want to because whenever there was a chance of our new deal coming up there was obviously conversations about people wanting to invest and buy and me be a part of it all and I was like I do not want to do those conversations <laughs> uh, we just said hard out there go ahead Connor for uh,
2: yeah when you see those massive bets on like social media and I mean those are the only bets I do I've never won one but when you see them on there is that something you like because I mean there was that that's how I found out about like the method of first basket yeah. like it does it cool. suck because you're losing money but is it also good because it like spreads the word about like what bets are out there on FanDuel you're our biggest
6: loser so by I far I think win. too I think he
2: was kind of generous
6: about right, it. after the show we're gonna throw Connor some house credits to make up for it but Fucking like, finally like, Jesus yeah. <laughs> hey good gambler <laughs> I'm about to be a good gambler again played, gambler. Played the long game. yeah, like, <laughs> yeah look I love I mean, social. You look. You guys are the masters of the internet culture and social media more so than anybody else in the room. But I love when people are talking about their bets, the big bets. One of the I think really interesting you know things that I see is not just the you know large wagers, but people love following a parlay. And the busted one leg, the five or six leg parlay yeah. that you missed by one. Yeah, and like, yeah. It's entertainment. It's fun, and like you know, Foxy. obviously more fun to win. But like when you almost win, yeah. like that has a similar yeah. psychological effect. Like there's good social and psychological science behind this. The entertainment value you get from betting oh, yeah. almost winning mm-hmm. is not massively different from winning in terms of your the amount of enjoyment you get in the build up throughout the game, and so. When I see people talking about it, I think word of mouth and referral is probably our number one source of new customer acquisition. And I firmly believe that there's not a gambler in this country that doesn't have a group message text thread with his pals, yeah. bullshitting about the bets mm-hmm. that they're making. And so, the more that Fanduel can do to encourage that, participate in that, social media being a huge component of it, like that's an explicit part of our strategy. And one of the things I think makes you guys so successful.
0: Oh, you guys are humans too. Like I, I feel like you recognize. The joy that comes from hitting a massive bet. So, like, you guys have reached out to us numerous times, like, hey, this dude just changed his whole life. Just hit for fifteen thousand. Mm-hmm. If you want to talk about him or twenty thousand or whatever, this guy just got like a twenty leg parlay that hit us for twenty five grand. Mm-hmm. Just got out of debt for his whole family. Like there is, there's those magical moments too that I feel like you guys get genuine joy from, and I think it's cool shit. We're very lucky to work with you, man. We appreciate the hell out of you. Oh,
6: I appreciate you guys.
0: Thanks for coming out to America. Yeah, too. Hey, seriously, out here to Indiana. Thanks for making the trip out.
6: It's good to see God's country.
0: Yeah, here it is. God
1: yeah, yeah bring right. it in.
0: Uh-huh. A little humid, a little thick a little here. Humid. Clean air, though. Yeah, clean. Well. For now. You hear this. I mean, there's, yeah, a, lot, yeah. there's Some, a, lot a lot of, of warehouses. Uh, we appreciate you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, CMO, Man who's tasked with running Fanduel alongside Amy Howe, Mike Raffensperger. Yeah, Welcome back to the show. Uh, as the break took place there, we went outside. There is an actual massive fire in the building that is right next to us here. Apartment complex that is currently happening. The Indianapolis Fire Department's out here. The police are out here. It smells like a fire in here. Yeah. It is. Hey, T's and P's, everybody over here. Yeah. Big ass fire. Mm -hmm. Big smoke coming off. They just shut down the entire thing. Hopefully it won't jump from building to building. Right, it won't. I don't think so. I mean, we got that
2: courtyard in between. They got the truck. I bet they've hopefully gained it under. Yeah, we should be okay. Track. Hope
0: everybody's all right over there. That was scary stuff. Big shout out to uh, Big Raf. Go claim your free bet right now. In the next 30 minutes, you can claim a bet at FanDuel mm-hmm. Sportsbook. Now, granted, it'll be somewhere between 5 to to $100, depending upon your betting patterns and how much you normally bet because it is regulated. Big Raf came through and gave us a great conversation about the future of sports gambling. I appreciate that. Yeah,
2: yeah. it was, that awesome. was awesome.
0: I felt like I enjoyed a lot or learned a lot
2: there. Yeah, yeah. Utah. I, I would have had no idea that Utah, in the constitution is never going to have gambling.
0: Yeah, especially with that documentary I watched about the state of Utah with other stuff they got oh, going yeah. on. Yeah, I thought they just threw how out all How about they don't that? put that in the constitution? How about they-, they should put that
2: in the constitution? Yeah. No lying when you're talking about certain things.
0: Well, that's kind of, I think it's kind of how everything operates at this
5: point. Yeah, yeah. kind of. It's kind of a shame. Not Utah. Church California of, though, that's huge. California's huge. That's Church be a, of Latter Day Saints. What's up, Zito? You uh, just did a group,
0: run man. out, run back. Did you learn anything? What's going on, Zito? You came back with a quite a good pop there.
8: Uh, supposedly, so uh, the guy just came to the building. If the fire moves a little more this way, we have to evacuate.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Damn, this is a big fucking fire. Yeah, there's people running out there like it's crazy. Yeah, they were mm-hmm. out in the front. They're telling people get away, get away. They, yeah, we will. Man the fort for as long as we possibly can. Yeah. Yep. We apologize for anything that could potentially happen. But also, we hope everybody's okay. Yes. Joining us now, live from an attic in Ohio, ladies and gentlemen, a Super Bowl champion, a college football national champion, a Ryder Cup
7: champion, and COVID survivor, mm. A.J. Hall. Yeah. yeah! What's up, buddy? Hey, what's going on? What time we got uh, Usman on? All right. He's in <laughs> Always, like 15 yeah. minutes or so. Oh, good. I'd like to know. Thank you. Now I know we can have a little back and forth before he comes on.
0: Okay. These are things that you should know before you get on air, but also you don't answer your phone ever. So. Uh, I absolutely do. I,
7: I, I FaceTimed you back, uh, I believe yesterday and said unavailable. What does that mean? You are on another one? Well, that's because I
0: called you. Yes, I actually was on another one. I called you, you didn't answer two times. Had all the news. Hey, Kamar Uzman on tomorrow. Yeah. 1.20 Eastern Standard Time. You didn't answer, call me back, I was busy. Now there's a fire next door. We don't know what's gonna go on. Uh, go
3: on, Tony. Fun Tony. fact, I just learned watching a uh, TV show. Uh, they cannot wiretap a FaceTime. All right. They can wiretap a phone call, not a Facetime.
7: A lot of people doing drugs face to face again. Also. Yep. Uh-huh. All right, Can they good. tap it some other way? Can they surveil some other way through FaceTime? Not on the show I'm watching. What show are you watching?
3: Uh, we own the city. It's on. A, it's an HBO show. It's fucking great.
7: <laughs> so HBO has bangers normally. Oh, yeah. Like
3: everything. Oh, yeah. They, Every season.
7: HBO is a home Is run. this an HBO's H- a drama or is this a documentary? It's a documentary.
3: So John Bernthal drama about Baltimore, corrupt Baltimore cops. It's
7: yeah. like The Wire. It's from the,
3: guy who, the, the, the guy who created The Wire. The guy who created The Wire. Really happened. Yes. Yeah. What year? That. 2005 Seven. to six, six yeah. 16, 17. Yeah. A
2: couple of timelines, they bounce back. Let's assume
0: they can wiretap FaceTime now, 2022?
3: Well, the, no, this was uh, 2017 is when, so maybe, I don't know.
0: <laughs> That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Five years ago. Let's assume that they have figured out how to do it. I'll but, find out. I mean, let's not live and die by it. Obviously, you guys are going to do anything that needs to be wiretap. You should reconsider your entire operation anyways, but I don't think what Tone said is accurate. Maybe, <laughs> who knows? Maybe 2022, things have changed. No, still good. Still good. All right, good. That's great news. We can do... Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> sell some drugs? Bro.
2: HBO and Apple are really the two premieres in uh, TV right now.
0: Succession is so good. I watched it again last night after the Penguins lost to the fucking Rangers because the Rangers are a bunch of dirtbags taking cheap shots and it should be a Bounty Gate situation going on. We should pause the series until we find out whether or not That's they're right. paying people to hurt people. But nonetheless, let's dive into some stuff that we are learning about AJ Hawk. OBJ... Thinks business, you know, the NFL is a business. He understands it. Basically, in the comments section, says, alludes to the fact that he doesn't think they'll be able to afford him. John John Robinson says, uh, Holy shit. Whoa. Sound like collapse? a ladder of some sort,
8: but I'll go, I'll go uh, find oh, out what's going on. Uh, that
1: Check like, that
7: out, See That yeah. was uh, an electric Explosion.
0: box Yeah. Holy fuck.
8: Or did something,
7: like, implode on top of itself.
0: It is an apartment complex over here.
7: Wait, is it, like... On the other side of the street, or the same no. side as you. Same right side. over there, next right door neighbor. Yeah, it's about ten feet away.
0: No, no, no. Let's be accurate here. So twenty. Uh, I'd say like fifty feet, probably from Tone's back right there. Fifty feet that way. There's a building that's attached to us here, a little an area that they've been trying to lease out for probably as long Sense. as it's been there. Yeah, right. As long as it's been built and for probably forever. And then there's a little alleyway, and then there's an apartment. The roof of that apartment on fire.
7: Scary, man. Hopefully they get people out.
0: That sounded. That
7: was bad. Yeah, it did not sound good. Yeah. Did Zeke go check it out? Yeah, Zeke mm-hmm. just went
0: on the run there. He's got a bad knee though.
7: Tell him to call us. Tell him to FaceTime us from out there.
0: <laughs> on the scene.
7: Give us a little little at least like a visual. The cops I'm telling you it's bad. Dude. Yeah, it's very bad.
0: Jeez. That how
7: scary would that be? Like your building's on fire and you're on the tenth floor or something.
0: Yeah, yeah that'd be brutal. Hey Mitt, did you see the uh the text that came through there in the group? That's probably <laughs> very real. Uh this is crazy.
2: Yeah, insane.
0: I guess how did we, it start? I don't know. Came out of nowhere. Just started to like smell. We heard the
2: sirens. They sounded very close. They're right there. I Mitt mean, did say the fire chief said we don't need to evacuate.
7: Okay, cool. Goodness. Okay. Yet. Yeah, man, we just heard a fucking explosion. Yeah, yeah. it was just a loud bang. Is that before
0: or after the explosion that just took place? <laughs> yeah. uh, after.
2: Okay, good. At least, what he told Mitt. Like I, I mid- never, I take everything uh, Mitt says with a grain. Yeah,
3: of like it. the Mitts are liaison between the fire chief and us. Probably not the right person.
2: Yeah. Here, here, here we go. Zita just came back.
0: back. I
8: think we're looking good. All right. A okay. lot of smoke still, but. What was the
2: explosion? You think?
8: Uh they're doing do a bunch of fire hydrants out there, so maybe the the top of the lid fell off. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: don't. Zita <laughs> <Gee>, was <laughs> a loud. That sound came from right yeah. there. I, I heard, it. It, was I heard it clearly too.
0: <laughs> that sound came from right there. I don't think. <laughs> I I no,
2: think that lid, just lid just fell off. There's,
0: There's,
8: like, a- seven people over here around, like, a bunch of, like, big water things. So it might have been that. Yeah.
7: Like a water tower toppled <laughs> over? <or> a- <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, just like toppled a a fire, 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 fire out of your <laughs> The one that dogs pee on just fell.
8: There's get- a wall of, like, six of them. Can Bill's make- going out there with a the video. We're going to bring it in here for you He's want. FaceTiming? You want to FaceTime? Yeah. Can you just oh, yeah. FaceTime,
0: then? We can just go live. Yeah. I'll do it right now. This can we get
7: Mitt on the scene?
0: No, no. Bill, I think, is going out there. Probably smart, oh. by the way. You know, Bill's grew up in the police, military. Yeah, yeah true. Yeah, I was, was going to say, at least Bill. He what he can't say, what he can't say. We got CBD in. You guys also? Yeah, calm <laughs> down. We got a nice chill CBD to kind of relax the minds here
2: make sure bill doesn't bring his glock out there because you might just try
0: and shoot (laughs) the fire down bill is always packing now that is something that's interesting he's got a license he does that whole thing Mm -hmm.
8: but we have correspondent bill with uh facetime from the outside here if you want
0: to we don't need correspondent we just need
8: he looks like he's throwing the wi-fi take off get off
0: the the wi-fi bill Bill. that's a lot of smoke that's our building right there i mean probably not great to just tell everybody but (laughs) fuck it's right there that's our building (laughs) that apartment complex we are in the back corner of that building that is at the bottom there so the fire is literally happening right you walk to your right a little bit bill yeah bill can you go they were
7: kicking people out there bill can you move at all stand in the back of that stand on top of that truck right there and get a good angle (laughs) well that's an ambulance i believe i know or a fire truck they don't mind jeez yeah shit's real my god watch all the news agencies
6: pulled up
3: Oh, oh, we, we hey sorry
0: about it news sorry about it we sorry first, about first, on it. first on the Bill, go get interviewed Bill Bill go ask the firefighter what's going to climb that yeah, ladder climb the ladder yeah
4: <laughs> <laughs> get up there
0: <laughs> hope Jeez. everybody's okay man
4: oh I can smell it now yeah well, yeah's oh, yeah. smelling it.
0: that smoke is pretty I mean I don't know if that is doing it justice it's really not I mean
3: Bruce sent could a, make you guys get out of there Bruce sent in a video from a different angle that does a much better justice
0: all right thank you Bill appreciate you yep.
5: Bill Thank you Bill. Smells terrible in here really. Yeah, it does. It's, it's
3: bad. That's why Tim just texts in to turn off the AC, probably cuz it's sucking in the air from the outside. It's but, gonna be a, but I'm on it. then we would
1: oh, it's it's 150 be 200 degrees. Yeah. and still I mean, smell. Yeah. What Man, you can't turn
2: control. the air off. Can't not right now. Especially but. the damage is done. Like it's The air's like already inside. Yeah. If
0: we turn the air off, then we're just putting the uh we're hitting that little keep it yeah. inside yeah. the house. You're sweating
5: and breathing it in. <laughs> it really does. Yeah, it's reek. This is not
0: something I expected. You know, normally this would be your type of thing, starting fires. Mm-hmm.
5: No. Yeah,
0: because the way you do cigars. Anyways, uh, let's go to the phones. one McAfee on the 5 Energy phone line. We'll do that at some point. Uh, word out of New England is that Matt Patricia and Joe Judge will be the ones calling plays for the New England Patriots. Mike Rice on the Patriots offense coordinator for 2022. If you're on the field for practice and closed your eyes and listened, you would know who the leading presence is for the offense among the coaches. Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. Matt Patricia, known defensive expert. Joe Judge, special teams coordinator, former head coach. I'm told don't be surprised if it's Matt Patricia says, follow the beard.
1: Yep.
2: Okay.
0: So whenever you think about Matt Patricia, former head coach of the Detroit Lions, Former defensive guru mastermind that called the, what, uh Marshawn Lynch? Malcolm Butler. Malcolm yeah. Butler play thing. Drew always has a Ticonderoga going back to New England. Thought he was going to be the general manager. Thought that was going to be the role he was going to slip in for Bill Belichick. Joe Judge, after getting fired from New York Giants, has a pizza and beer party with all of his assistant coaches. Goes back to New England. Now they're looking at the offensive side of the ball. And I guess he's just saying that because those two were the loudest yelling at Mac Jones. Is that what you're thinking, AJ, whenever you
7: say if you close your eyes, and listened, it sounded like it was these two guys? I guess. I mean, anytime you watch any NFL team practice, whether it's OTAs or whatever, you can definitely get a good feel on who's kind of running the show offensively, defensively, who's staying in front of the huddle, who's calling like the next group up. But yeah, to have Patricia and Joe Judge, two guys that as far as I know, have never called plays in the NFL offensively, have they? Who has the most confidence to yell at
0: people is what you're looking for at practice. You know, those people have good titles. Now, maybe Joe Judge and Matt Patricia are just more confident to speak because Bill Belichick has empowered them because they've both been former head coaches and been around a long time. So maybe they're in the meetings with Bill and Mac. What are your thoughts on this, Connor?
7: Does this mean that there's going to be multiple people that are... There's got to be defined roles, though. There has to be, like, defined roles. Does there? I don't think there
2: does have to be defined
7: roles. But they have to know, like, where they're spot is though because any any great leader and we know belichick oh, is yeah. a great leader they you have clearly defined goals and also roles on what you're supposed to do you can't just be free willy like whatever hey hey you take this one but i'll take next one
0: yeah there has to be a pecking order i believe is what aj's pointing out. and bill belichick one of the greatest leaders of all time right i would assume he yeah. does have a pecking order but what if this is what you have been saying over the last couple of weeks Mac Jones calling the place. Yes. They're just teaching they're all teaching them everything that they know, and Mac Jones has the ability to do it. Could you imagine if Bill Belichick chose to do that to
2: a second year quarterback in the NFL? There's no fucking way. I, I feel like there is a chance, though, just because of what you know we've all heard about who Mac Jones is. He's very smart. Now he's going into his second year, so he's got eighteen games under his belt, a little playoff experience. I don't think there has to be defined roles because Bill's never really been a big titles guy. He actually like just said that a couple weeks ago. Kind yeah, but of, inside there is inside the building. I think it's like a three-man game. I think it's going to be Mac, and I think it's going to be Judge and Patricia. I don't think there's going to be like a.
7: How's it work on game day though, Connor? Okay, is all of a sudden they're going to be radio and a call into Mac, and he's like, "No, no, I got this one, guys." Like, how does it work? No, well, and then also, what if it's not <laughs> working? Does the other person tag in? Yeah. What if? What if you know like that you is got one three and out? Like, you're all right, Patricia. You got the first series. If it's three and out, you're done until after halftime.
0: And then what happens if Joe, Judge comes in? and He's terrible too. Is Matt Patricia back? Like that is a great question. But let's assume Bill Belichick will have figured. Out, right wait that's kind of
7: what he's got a plan he definitely has to have a plan we just don't know what it is yet
0: that's kind of what we all just bank on right that's what mm-hmm. all new england patriots fans bank on too it's like bill belichick is gonna have some sort of
2: plan yeah right? and from what we've heard before about bill is he's probably gonna tell patricia and judge exactly how the game's gonna go and what they need to do and when they need to do it they're gonna get a three and out at some point i think that's inevitable it's probably like minus minus ten thousand. They're gonna go three and out, but it's more so <laughs> about like how. At some point, they're gonna get in a three the season. And out. There will be a three and out, no matter who's calling plays. No, but it's more so just about Mac. I think if they have a good relationship and communication between the two, like I don't think Judge or Patricia are gonna call plays that Mac doesn't want to run or that he doesn't love.
0: Two offense coordinators means you have no offense mm-hmm. coordinators, but. That is kind of how
2: Bill Belichick wants it. Yeah, we also don't have a defensive coordinator for a while.
5: Bill, Bill. Bill's de facto. Yeah,
2: absolutely. But he hasn't been calling the plays every single game. Steve, right? Steve's been calling him. Mayo has called him sometimes too. Like, I feel like they do kind of have no – like, defined uh, roles as far as coordinators go. But I think everyone on the team on the same page. And, you know, obviously everything on the outside of the building, they just don't really care about.
3: What are you going to say, Tom? There was a follow-up uh, from a guy named Henry, Henry McKenna, who uh, USA Today Patriots said that he heard the same thing as Mike Rice uh, on the Patriots offensive play calling. No decision yet from Bill Belichick. It may come down to a competition of sorts, during training camp, the top candidates are Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. What if what? They, they play – they call like offensive series back-to-back and whoever has a better offensive series, that's who's getting the fucking OC Type job. of Mickey, my eee. shit, you guys New England. What
2: are you talking about? England? Competition breeds success. Everyone knows that. <laughs> Type I love of for Mickey, my shit is that. It comes down <laughs> to Mac Jones. It doesn't matter who's calling the plays. If Mac Jones and our receivers can't get open, that's all that really fucking matters.
0: Yeah, and then you're just assuming that they're going to try just as hard for both coaches – Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which well, they will. They will, by the way. Remember they're just out there to execute whatever the coach plays, whatever the coach calls. There'll be biases. There'll be biases obviously, but not New England. Well, no.
2: I mean, I, I mean this will be Judge's first year with all the new free agents we got, all obviously Mac Jones. Patricia was there last year, but he had what we heard was more of a front office role rather than a job on the field. So it will be interesting to see, you know, how what week one looks like. That smoke smells. Yeah, yeah. yeah. big time. Also, (laughs) I come out of just a bonfire bonfire, right in front of my
0: face. Your eyes are watering pretty good. (laughs) I'm like baking in this right now. Headache fuel. Yeah, it is. I am kind of getting a headache right now. Uh,
2: Patricia, too, uh, similar to McDaniels. McDaniels started on defense, then moved to offense. Patricia started on offense, then moved to defense. So they kind of, he's had some experience on offense. So, like, the paint from that place that's on fire, Mm
0: -hmm. the. Plastic, it's, the utilities, the plastic, all, all the would, good mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, That's yeah, it's all just floating
7: Kinda. right in or yeah. yeah, getting I sucked. I just talked right to a firefighter room.
8: right now, too. What you say? They, they just put the fire out, fire's out. Right oh, nice.
7: okay. How did uh, it start, Zeke?
8: Uh, they said it was electrical, electrical, Always. uh, on the top.
2: Someone was smoking sick air we conditioners. How it started, yeah, fucking a butt into your sink, yeah. Some that's what someone was doing. <laughs> no, I don't think these I don't think these places I don't know. Do you know how expensive
0: these places I was are? Getting, yeah,
2: super expensive. No, I don't know. Like that's
0: like brand new. Too expensive. For, in can my you eyes, smoke inside there? That's what I'm saying. I don't think anybody that's buying this is smoking cigs inside of their thing. No, <laughs> you, never
7: know. Oh, you oh, can clean that. it up. Oh look at that. Jesus. That's
8: the other side that we couldn't see from our Fuck. Yeah, it's
7: gotta Holy be like the shit. air conditioning units or something yeah. up there. More it?
0: Golly. I'd assume the uh, landlords are in full panic mode right now. Well, oh, yeah. because then yeah.
7: you dump water on that, and the water seeps through the whole
0: building. So the whole yeah. building,
7: like, good luck. Flood, right? You know, your flood uh-huh. yeah, I mean, the then you're flooding roofs. This smell
4: really brings back that. some memories, boys. That's,
0: bro, that's what I'm saying. I'm getting a headache right now. I'm not I'm not built for this. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, let's fire get fire. to a break, and then we'll get Kamar Uzman on the other side. The fire's out. Fire's out. Thank you, firefighters. Fire. Fire, Thank you. Fire, fire.
7: Give me some Advil. My head's killing (laughs) me. Yeah, I'm going to go get
0: some vitamins, I think. That'll help.
7: We hope everybody's okay. Yeah. Offer some to the firefighters.
0: Well, the cops are out there, too. But this is legal here. This stuff is is legal. We could go try this stuff that we were smoking. There's uh, things that, I guess, sneak past the laws of Indiana that we have to do while we're in in this state as opposed to other states. We could try that right now, I guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hey, what about this Delta... Core. Health zero. You guys want to smoke us? We lied to. Should we not be telling you this? (laughs) All right, cool. We don't really know. We try to talk around it every day. Fire has been contained in the apartment next door, which is good news. Thank you to the firefighters. Thank you. Thank you. But now we have a hot box situation in our studio. We just had a fan going. The fan disappeared quickly. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate Mitt, Zito, everybody for their work here. It is a glorious Thursday because we're about to be joined by somebody that's never been on a show before. I'm very excited for this. Hell yeah. Now, back in an attic in Ohio, ladies and gentlemen, college football national champion, Super Bowl champion, AJ Hawks. AJ, I appreciate the hell out of you. Joining us now, AJ, this is massive. Pond for Pond, the greatest on earth in the fight game, the welterweight champion, a man who dons anybody that stands in front of him, UFC legend and great, Kamaru Smith.
9: Yeah! What's up, man? What's up, did you say panned for panned, or did you say for, <laughs> I didn't know if you said panned or Pam, or two ends there. I don't know which one it was. <laughs> are, you, are you saying panned <laughs>
0: or "pam"? I'll say it again, I'll say it again, we'll go through it, panned. <laughs>
2: for pound (laughs) okay i thought i was the only
1: one who heard that no no, 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 yeah that
0: is how i said it that's a pittsburgh accent pound for pound the best fighter on earth how you doing man thank you so much for joining us we appreciate
9: you i'm wonderful i appreciate uh you guys having me on the show my first time on the show so yeah
0: yeah i'm very excited now you're born in nigeria home born and raised texas is that accurate that as i was looking into this
9: Born in Nigeria, raised in Arlington, Texas, and bounced around the Midwest for college and ended up in South Florida.
0: At what point did you know you were just, like, going to be the toughest dude of all time?
9: Was that young?
0: Did you know? Like, okay, at one point, I'm going to be the PAND
1: for the PAND.
9: Like, at what point did you know, (laughs) Kamara? Oh, man. I, I think it was, I would say college. To where I, I had to just make a act, just a, a conscious decision for myself that I wanted to be good at something. There is the formula to being good at it, and just chug away and, and, and try to get there. So I think being able to make that decision by myself early was was a big was a big uh, thing for me because I didn't need a coach to tell me, "Hey, you need to do this." I didn't need some friends to say, hey, you got to do this. It was just, hey, I want to do that. That's what it takes to get there. I'm doing it. So I think that was the point that I kind of just started to create separation between myself and and the rest of the field, whichever sport I was in. That's awesome.
7: What's it like having uh, everybody wanting to fight you or everyone wants a a shot at the title? I feel like you've, you work your way up, you get there, and now everybody wants – I've heard older fighters say like they were almost relieved – when they would get beat and lose the belt, it was too much pressure for them. That doesn't seem to affect you. Like, how do you handle that?
9: Now I'm going to be honest. Not when those older old, older fighters say that, I understand what they're saying. When they say that, I completely understand what they're saying. Yeah, once you you get there, you would think, oh, you now you're a champion. Everything else is smoother. No, it's not the case at all. It's just the pressure continues to build. So because each and every fight, there's more and more riding on it. But for me, it's, it's just a matter of. I don't think of myself as, hey, I'm the champion. I'm going out there to defend a belt or defend a belt. No, for me, I'm a challenger each and every time I step in there. And so you think about it, who's the challenger? The number one challenger is usually the hungriest guy in the world because they've never tasted this. They want this. So I'm in that same mindset each and every time when I prepare for these fights. So when I get in there, there's nothing these guys can do that I haven't seen. That I'm not ready for. That's such
0: a fascinating look at it because, you know, once you get to the top of the mountain, that's really when the work begins. You know, when you start, you're in the spotlight every single time. You've been able to be a great champion for multiple years now, like years and years and years. After every single 170 pound fight, do you just assume in the UFC now they're going to call you out? And because it feels like the after the UFC fight, after you win, you cut a promo and then you call somebody out. They call somebody out. And I don't know if everybody calls you out or doesn't, but do you assume everybody's going to call you out? And how do you how do you how what goes into deciding who the next fight is other than just Dana White saying, hey, this is the number one contender. Is there do you do you continue to train for people that you think are going to potentially be your next opponent? Like what is life like as you're watching other people fight
9: weekly here at this point? Yeah, that's an interesting thing because it's now – and it's a thought in my head is there's, there's a 16-year-old on the other side of the world that's training for me right now. Uh-huh. They, they're saying to themselves, I'm about 170 pounds. Who's the 170-pound champion? Uzma. Okay, that's the guy that I need to be. So everyone in the world is training for one guy. And I am training for everybody in the world. <laughs> and so, and so it, for me, It's I'm always training. I'm constantly in the gym. I don't necessarily... There's really no off-season for me. And so, if I just keep with that same recipe, whoever comes up next, I'll be able to deal with them. And as far as picking whoever that next guy is, now I'm in a position to where it's almost kind of a joint venture. Obviously, it's the UFC. The promotion still kind of holds president on who they, they feel that next guy is, but... Now it's it's kind of a you know us meet with Dana and, and to really pick who that next guy is because it's not just shut up and fight this guy but at the same time you know these guys have to earn that shot to where I'm looking at all those guys kind of in that top five well unless you're Canelo or Conor McGregor <laughs> so <laughs> those guys in that top five then it's like all right. Who's next? That guy looks like he's next. All right, let's go. Let's go kick his ass.
0: Have you? Do you have any inklings on who's next? Right? Because you don't have a fight schedule. Am I wrong in thinking
9: this? Do you not have a fight schedule? No, no, no fight scheduled yet. But I, I think it would probably be Leon Edwards. Okay. Because Leon Edwards is kind of, he's the only guy up there. He hasn't lost since 20, I want to say 2016 or 2015 where he fought me. So I was his last loss. And he's managed to put together a win streak of maybe 10 fights in a row. So, you know, he's kind of put himself in that position to where he's on the short list but you know what i say i'm ready for anyone anytime (laughs) whatever whatever whoever it doesn't matter they gotta step in there and still get their ass whipped too how long does it take
0: for you to become like, uh, you know? cause everybody has a fight camp where they go in there and you say you train all year round and you're a wrestler by trade. So, I mean, wrestlers are just the most miserable sport. I, I mean, I played soccer, which oh, yeah. is a lot of running and we used to look at the wrestlers and be like, God damn, those guys have to be so miserable, cardio wise, keeping yourself in shape. But mentally, like if you had a fight in two days, not a big deal or is there a process of, because you seem to be very joyful, very kind guy. Every time we hear you talk to get into a cage and have to get into that mentality is that a full process to get into, or is it like literally anytime if a fight had to happen, you'd be ready?
9: It's a process, but I am still kind of one of those guys to where it's like, yeah, I got to do it. Fuck it. Let's do it. <laughs> two, days. <laughs> two days, and let's, let's, let's get it done. I want to be in striking distance. So one of those things that I do is I'm always at least two weeks away from a fight. If I had to, if I absolutely have to do it, I'm two weeks away from the fight. There's fighters right now, you can call and say, hey, we need you to step in, and the fight's two months away, or, or four months away, and these guys are like, ah, I'm not ready, I'm too fat, and I, I won't be able to make it. I'm two weeks away, you give me two weeks, i am go in there and give you hell for at least a few rounds. So, That's you awesome. know, of course, if I want to prepare the way that I want to prepare, give me about, you know, a good 12 weeks, I'll be in there, and I'll be looking like myself. but. You know, you p- yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it.
7: Go ahead. If you're always two weeks <laughs> out, what do you what weight do you walk around at if you're going to fight at one seventy?
9: Ah, so that's the thing, though. Starting to get a little older now. My birthday was actually yesterday, so happy birthday! Happy birthday! Oh, happy birthday. Hey, holy Thank shit! You, I appreciate it. Happy yeah. birthday! Yeah. Cup of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, it's just you know the body doesn't work the same. You 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 notice it. And Pat, you could you could attest to that too. You notice that the body just doesn't recover oh, the way sure. it used to recover. <laughs> <Yeah>. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so your bad memories. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I got hung
0: over yeah. for like four days the other week. I mean, it is. <laughs> I couldn't imagine going into the cage, but the alcohol did it to me. Yeah, for sure. So, do you have to modify how you train, or is it just like a lifestyle thing at this point?
9: Yeah, a, a part of it is modifying, but a big part of it too is lifestyle. I can't eat the same crap that I used to be able to eat. At twenty-five, I could just get up cold, get in there and spar twelve rounds and be, okay, I'm good. Now I've gotta take freaking an hour just to warm up the joints, you know, put freaking Ben Gay all over the knees and the shoulders <laughs> and everywhere <laughs> just to get going. So uh it's a it's a process and also it's it's just a combination of both to be able to get going. But I still have that I still have the mentality to where it's, it doesn't matter who it is, it doesn't matter when it is. I'm not going to fail when I go in there. And so I think at that point, whenever it comes to that time where I start to think different and I'll start to know that there's a change and there's a shift in what I need to do. Yeah,
0: you're getting old, but you're still the fucking champ, so the hell with it. Uh you mentioned Canelo and Connor earlier, and then there was a headline that just got resent back into the group about you wanting to fight Canelo Alvarez in uh September. Now, obviously that would be boxing. How do we feel we feel good about that? What what are we how would we go about how do you feel about these fights that are happening between, you know, like Connor and Floyd was massive success. I think Mm -hmm. for absolutely Everybody. Yeah. I mean the fan I mean ESPN crashed, I think, a couple times. Yeah, too. it did. I think the app itself crashed a couple times that night, so they might not have had the best night. But for everybody else, it was awesome. How do you feel about that? Because you are the champ, so I assume that you could command a lot of respect in there. But I think we talked to Dana last week. He hates it because it's out of the comfort zone of usually the UFC fighter. So the boxer looks a lot better than the UFC fighter looks. And then who knows about the business wise? How would that go about happening? Is that still something you think about? especially after the loss
9: you just had? Well, the thing is, that was always the plan. Of course, now things change a little bit after that loss. But the plan for me was always that. And the reason that is, is there's a difference here in, in what people are seeing and what people are saying. Is Connor versus Floyd, that was a completely different thing because these guys were both guys who made their, their lifestyle, and their living, and the noise from, from talking. Just that, noise. These guys to get up there and run their mouth on the microphone to where even if it's nowhere near the truth, you kind of believe it a little bit. You're like, oh, shit, man, damn, can, can Connor really do this? <laughs> <laughs> you, start, you start to feel that and you think about that. And that's what made that fight so mega. Now, let's be honest. A lot of people knew kind of what was going to happen just because Flo- uh, uh, Connor was just that guy. And then you're fighting the guy in Floyd who doesn't get hit. I don't care who you are. Professional boxers just won't hit him. He's not one of those guys that's going to stand there and just trade punches with you to where you have a shot. He's not that guy. Now, that was that scenario. That's why that fight was so big because these guys could talk. Now, the difference is this is a different scenario. When have you ever had the pound-for-pound boxer on the planet at that moment – to where he's gonna stand there, he's gonna bang, he's gonna fight, he's coming in there to hurt you. And then you've got the pound for pound mixed fighter on the planet coming to fight, on the same weight classes, actually do it and be both be in their prime. You've never had that, and I'm not a, a big talker going out there and, and talk a bunch of trash, a bunch of shit. I'm gonna tell you what I'm gonna do. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what I'm capable of doing. And, I, and I'm 100%. I stand on that. And you could look at every guy that I, I've talked about doing certain things to it. And I definitely did those. So Canelo's the exact same way. And so that's what made that fight intriguing. It's because I'm the pound for pound. He's the pound for pound. We're both close to the same side. And we're not just in there for, to blow smoke. We're not just telling you guys, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. No. We're going to come to fight. And I am brave enough. Out of both of us, I'm brave enough to go into your arena to do it. Can you say the same thing? None of these boxers are willing to say it. Unless you're James Toney back in, in, in 2000, and I don't know when that was, when he fought uh, uh, Randy Couture. These guys aren't willing to do it. I'm brave enough to say, you know what? Fuck you. I'm coming in there, and I'm going to come in there and give you, give you hell for as long as, as, as I'm able to do this. So,
0: how's your boxing well, how's your boxing you train boxing i assume you train uh, you tra- obviously
9: i mean i mean you would i you would think i train how to punch people's faces at- <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you would think that i mean i i the thing is I, I put in work i put in work each and every day you know whether it's boxing whether it's kickboxing you know whether it's even with with strength and conditioning is very important to me with my guy dr Corey peacock Uh, we, we put in the time. And so with that time, I'm confident in my abilities. And and listen, when, when I told you guys, when I said, Hey, George Masvidal, you said you wanted an extra, a full camp that you were going to be able to take me out in the full camp. And I said, Hey, this time I'm going to knock your head to the moon and I'm going to do it. (laughs) After I went out there and dealt with Burns, I got on the mic and I said, Masvidal, you're next. I'll give you another shot. I'll give you a full camp. I'm knocking your head to the moon this time. And everyone said, yo, Macedon is the best boxer in, in, in MMA. Oh, oh no. Straight Jesus. Sent him to the shadow room I think he's still up there. <laughs> <laughs> he's still, he's still up there.
0: Uh, you have no idea. Your, your internet just glitched and then you your punchline landed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. That was amazing. And I, I believe, You know if you want to train boxing if i were you i'd get in the oculus okay Mm -hmm. i've been boxing people in the oculus (laughs) okay i got good head movement and anything you need from me i got you man i don't know how you guys have that ability to walk into that like the walk into the cage And then you get in there, and obviously it's gladiator. Kill, kill. Kill. It's basically what everybody's saying. It's, It's, you know, it's awesome. It's why we love watching it so much. And then you get in there, and they shut that cage, and it's literally just like, all right, it's either you motherfucker or it's me. Like that mindset is such an interesting one. It really is. I don't think a lot of people have it. It feels like you love it. Is that at a high? I, I would assume that moment is a high that's gonna be tough to chase for the rest of your life or what is it exactly when you get in there and it's either kill or be killed almost?
9: Oh, I oh, yes yeah, so. To that, it's a very, very good assessment because it's uh, it, it's scary as hell. It's very, very scary and I can't, by me putting it I, I putting it into words just doesn't do it justice got it to the feeling it's if you think about what Michael Chandler did this last weekend, think about that uh, if you guys watched the fights this last weekend, Michael Chandler versus uh, uh, uh Tony Ferguson it, it's you you you're afraid of this guy, you think about it you're afraid you sign a contract <laughs> that you're you're potentially going to get your ass whooped on this date. And so the whole time you're training, you're thinking, shit, I get my ass whooped on this day." <laughs> <laughs> so you're scared as hell. The whole time you're scared, you're you're, you're, you're like, damn, I got to do everything possible for this ass whooping not to be as bad because it's going to be millions of people watching around the world and I don't want it to be bad. And so you're training, you're training, and then it gets closer and closer until it's fight day. Everything is, just seems slow. Your punches are super slow in your head and and, and – You're just so afraid, and that fear keeps you safe and it keeps you grounded in a way. And then it's like they come get you in the back. All right, it's your time now. You're having, you're starting to walk towards that octagon, and inside you want to take a shit, you want to piss, you want to do everything. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing, you know, going to come out. But it's like shit. I I signed up for this. I got, I got to go through with it. And you're walking, and as as you walk, as you get closer, you just got to remind yourself all the work that you put in and it's just like this giant starts to grow inside at least for the for the alphas for the for the main ones some guys they stay afraid and they they, they just kind of get smaller and smaller but as for for guys like myself as you get closer this this alpha this giant this this lion you know this god-like figure per se starts to grow and grow and grow and grow and And then I I, they, they grease me up and then I step up there and then I pray for myself and then I pray for that guy. For <laughs> what's <about to> <laughs> I pray for what's about to happen, and then I step in there and it's just like this is my fucking domain. And you just you just grow so much in confidence. And I just look at the guy and I start to feel bad for this guy. And, and then the fight starts and of course you you know you go through the ups and downs of the fight. But what makes it so addicting is the feeling that Michael Chandler felt this last weekend. It's a feeling that I felt after I told George Masvidal what was gonna happen to him. He didn't believe me. And then we went in there, and then you put it on, and the adrenaline that takes over your body, it's, it's bigger, better than any drug you've ever done, in your, which is not much, that you've ever done in your life. And, and, your life's and
0: much different than mine, I
9: yeah, and, <laughs> and, and, and and it's, it's so powerful to where You saw Michael Chandler. He did, what is it? Four. four or five backflips. Four or five backflips after that. You know, I mean, my, I don't know about you, Pat, but my knees, I'm not doing no damn backflips.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he even remembered
9: doing them, but I think it was just like, no, you're so excited,
0: you know, that moment.
9: Yeah, that moment is what's so addicting to where you get in the back and, you know, like that night, you're with your family and you're sitting there, and you're like, oh, I could do that again. And you completely forget about the 20 pounds that you just had to lose in a week to get down there and how miserable you were. And you cursed everyone in your camp and, and everyone. You forget all about that. You're like, ah, eh, I could do that again.
5: In the middle of that promo, we lost power to the entire building. We apologize. That Usman interview was electric. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Cheers.